are listening to the Island Christian Church of Holbrook podcast. This message is the second part of the series called Emmanuel, God with us. Today's message, given on December 24, 2017, is titled, A Savior Who is Christ the Lord. How many of you remembered what you had for breakfast yesterday morning? I certainly, uh, one, all right, a couple, you know, listen, I have a hard time, and as I get older, I think I have a harder time remembering things. Anyone with me on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, there is a great way that, I don't know why it works this way, but I think it's true, and we'll just do a little experiment here. If you heard a song, you probably remember the lyrics to the song, right? Even sometimes many years after. I mean, let, let's do a little experiment. For some of the people who are maybe a little older, if I said, under the, what's the next word? Boardwalk. Boardwalk. You all got that. Or if you heard me sing, sweet Caroline, what do you do? <laughs> right. You all, you all got that, okay? We remember songs. And they just seem to stick with us forever. Everyone wave to sweet Caroline there, by the way. There she is. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, we, we remember that. And so what I hope to do today is I don't want you to just be like, oh yeah, Christmas story, I got it. But I want to connect it to a familiar Christmas carol. So what we are going to do, and we're actually going to look at one called Hark the Herald Angels Sing, which was written by the Wesley brothers, the the founders of Methodism. And uh, some people have said that the lyrics of Hark the Herald Angels Sing are the deepest, most theologically correct lyrics of all the Christmas carols. So when I heard that, I said, hmm, I got to check into this. And as I looked at the scriptures, I saw how the uh, truth of the scripture is just uh, flowing and reinforced by this carol. So let's do this. I hope that what we will do is we will be able to connect the dots so that when you hear this song, you will remember some of the great truths surrounding the birth of Jesus. Okay, so uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing starts with Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Now, when I was a kid, um, I, I went to a church. I grew up in a church that had a junior choir. And so, you know, all the kids would come and we would dress up in these robes. And I don't know, they looked like skirts. Don't ask me why they did that, but that's just what they did back in the day. You know, they were like a gown or something. And uh, the kids always used to make fun of the words. You know what I'm talking about? So we, when we heard Hark the Herald Angels Sings, we were like, oh, you know, is Hark the name of one of the angels? And is he a Harold angel? You know, is that his last name, Harold? You know, we didn't understand those things. And listen, quite frankly, we don't have a record of the angels singing. We do have a record of them worshiping. And when we worship, they sing. So it's entirely possible that ha- that's exactly what happened. But Hark the Herald Angels Sing... Glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Right. In fact, after we're done with this message, this short message, we're going to sing the song. So this is kind of a warm up. So hopefully when we sing this song together, you will just, you know, really just appreciate the meaning. So, um, uh, we started the service reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. And so we're going to go there and look at this passage, and you will see how that 
begins to intertwine with this, and then we're going to refer to some other scriptures as we go. So Luke 2, starting in verse 8, says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Okay, now, angel, another word for angel is messenger. When God wanted to get a message through, he would send a messenger. Now, angels still exist. They are created beings, okay? They're, they don't procreate, so all the angels that are, they're the ones whoever, who will be, but they are messengers. And so these were coming to give the most amazing message that ever happened. So the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. When God shows up, it's glorious. When God shows up, there's something that happens. Many of you know what I'm talking about, how at one point or many times in your life, your heart was strangely warmed, and you were overwhelmed by the presence and the glory of God. And that's what is happening here. And so these shepherds, as this happened, they were filled with fear. They, they, this was not just like, you know, the little angel on top of the tree going, you know, glory to God in the highest. No, it was, this was serious business here. And the shepherds, they're like, are we going to die? What's happening? And so what's the first word out of the messenger's mouth? What did he say? Fear not. Okay. For behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Okay, so the angels, the heart the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. God and sinners reconciled. This reconciliation is the purpose of God sending a Savior. We are all not naturally in relationship with God. We, in fact, are all in a broken relationship with God because of our sinful nature and the sins we all commit. And so God sent a Savior to reconcile, to bring what, when you have reconciliation, what are you doing? You have two parties and you are bringing them together. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Okay, then the hymn goes on and says, Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies, with the angelic host proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. And we know that that's what happened. Um, anyone know somebody else who was born in Bethlehem? Famous king? David. Okay, and Jesus was in the lineage of King David. In fact, there is a wonderful prophecy. You don't have to look this up, but you might want to just jot the reference down. In the book of Micah, Micah 5.2. And it says this, But you, O Bethlehem Ephratah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose origin is from old, from ancient of days. Okay, and this is, was written about 700 years before the birth of Christ. This is a prophecy, it's a prediction. And, you know, quite frankly, if God were to send 
his son today. You know, if I were figuring it out, and it's good I'm not because I'm not God, and, you know, I would probably send him to New York or Los Angeles or someplace, you know, the media or the, you know, how can we get the message out the most? You know, Bethlehem was kind of this little backwoods town. You know, there weren't a lot of people living there, and yet God oftentimes, doesn't he do things in ways that seem strange to us, but he has a perfect purpose. And, you know, this Jesus was in the lineage of David, and so it's per, it's just perfect that he was born in the same town. And, you know, one person, Josh McDowell, wrote this, and this is great. He says, of all the credentials Jesus had to support his claims to be Messiah and God's son, one of the most profound is often overlooked. And that is how his life fulfilled so many of the ancient prophecies. In fact, the Old Testament, which was written over a period of approximately 1,000 years, it contains 60 major messianic prophecies and approximately 270 ramifications that were filled in one person. And that person is Jesus. Okay, and just if you're mathematically inclined, you know, some people have tried to figure this out. If you're not mathematically inclined, don't worry about it. We'll make it easy. It's an astronomical probability that all those prophecies which came true in the birth of Jesus. Now, let me pause here for a minute because some of the prophecies are not fulfilled yet because Jesus, even Jim prayed this, you know, one day we will see him. Okay, Jesus is coming back again. And some of these prophecies have yet to be fulfilled, and they will be fulfilled when Jesus returns the second time. But the ones that were fulfilled already, it's an astronomical probability that this could be fulfilled in Jesus. And so it's just a miracle. God set up and proclaimed what would happen many years before so that people would know? And yet, unfortunately, what happened? Did they know? Well, some of them did, but most of them didn't. And isn't that true? We need to hear things multiple times sometimes before we get it. And God understands us. So listen, know this. Jesus is our only Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Okay, and then the refrain for the Christmas song goes, sing it with me. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Hey, let's continue in Luke chapter 2, verse, starting at verse 12 now. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. Maybe they were singing. It's entirely possible, but we don't know. We'll just take it. And they were saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is well pleased. Okay. So you see, this is all fitting together here. And then the, the second verse of the uh, carol says, Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. 
Last week, we talked about the incarnation of Jesus when he came. Incarnation, incarnate means he took on flesh. You see, Jesus was existent eternally from eternity past as the second member of the Godhead in the Trinity. Okay, But he took on an additional nature. He took on our nature when he came and was born as a baby. And so... When it says here, when it says that uh, Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord, it's not like Jesus just popped into existence on Christmas Day. No, he was existent there, but he took on the other nature. And Hebrews, the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, <clears throat> chapter 1, verses, the first three verses say this. It says, long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. And remember those prophecies? We talked about how many there were. So God spoke by the prophets, but in these last days, in these recent days, he has spoken to us by his son, that's Jesus, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he created the world. See, the world was created through Jesus, so Jesus had to exist before the world was created. And it says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature, and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. You see, Christ, the everlasting Lord, Jesus is powerful. Jesus has done all these things. And then the, the hymn goes on to say, Late in time, behold Him come, offspring of the virgin's womb. You know, here, here, here's that saying again of late in time. Remember, the Jewish people were practicing their religion that came through the covenants with the founding fathers of Judaism, with Abraham, with Isaac, Jacob, Moses, all these. They were practicing this religion for years. And yet, many years later, God was about to usher in the new covenant. That was the old covenant. The new covenant was being ushered in in what we celebrate right now in Jesus. Okay? And so Galatians 4, this is a familiar verse. If you've been to a Christmas service, you've probably heard this before. Galatians 4, 4 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. We are not naturally born into God's family, but we can all be adopted into his family through faith and trust in Jesus. And then, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Colossians 2.9 says, for in Jesus, the whole fullness of of the deity dwells bodily. And John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So do you see, it's talking about veiled in flesh. So a veil, something that's put over. Jesus is veiled in flesh, but he's part of the Godhead. Hail the incarnate deity. He's taken on flesh. And that is 
so that we can trust him and he can act and he is our savior for those who trust in him. Pleased is pleased with men to dwell. Jesus our Emmanuel, right? Okay, that we, we sung Emmanuel before. Emmanuel means God with us. In fact, Matthew 1.22, we looked at this passage last week. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That is the most amazing miracle in all of creation, that God is not far off, but that God is with us in Jesus. That is just amazing, amazing. Okay, verse 3, hail the heaven-born prince of peace, hail the son of righteousness. Another familiar prophetic scripture that you've heard probably is Isaiah 9.6, and it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the reason why he's the Prince of Peace is because he brings peace between us and God. Yes, we still live in a world, and we pray because we live in a world that is in turmoil, but ultimately one day peace will come when all things are put right, when Christ returns. And yet we can personally have peace with God starting the day we trust in Jesus. Amazing, amazing. Okay, we're getting to the end of our hymn. We're getting to the end of this devotion. It ends with this, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he laid his glory by, born that we no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Gospel of John 11.25, Jesus said this. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That passage came in John 3, where that's the point when you've heard the term born again, that is where that came from, and that is where the second birth comes from. Every one of us has been born once, when we were born naturally, but we can have a second birth when we are born spiritually, when we trust in what Jesus has done. You see, God is holy, and Quite frankly, he demands account, he holds us accountable for our actions. Okay? And we cannot be made right on our own. Many people try to do that, don't they? They some people say, oh, I gotta clean myself up before I can go to church. No, that's not what this is all about. Okay? God is holy. We are not. We have sinned. We have a problem. 
The problem is us, and we cannot solve the sin problem on our own. That is why we celebrate what we are celebrating today, the incarnation. God sent Jesus to be a sacrifice and to take our place when he lived a perfect life. He died a horrible death on a cross. He was buried, he died, and then he resurrected again. And so he is our substitute. And when we, we have one thing to do, we need to respond to what he has done. And when we respond to what he has done, and we say, Lord, I am sinful, I am sorry, forgive me, I turn to Jesus and I trust in him and what he did on the cross so that I can be made right with God. That is what happens at that point of response. That is when that second birth takes place. And then we are born again spiritually. And to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's where that adoption into his family takes place. So as we close this short devotion, I just want to ask you, have you trusted in Jesus? If you haven't yet, it's no accident that you're here today. Today, the invitation is for all. You can trust in what Jesus did. You can receive that second birth. You can have the joy of salvation. It doesn't mean your life is going to get perfect. No, we, we, still, we live in a fallen world. You know, we still have to do all sorts of things that, you know, everybody else has to do, but we can do them with a different outlook, with a different purpose, and with a different spirit. And that is the spirit of God who comes and lives within us and empowers us. So Jesus is our only Savior, who is Christ the Lord.